And this is so cool because this tells us what God is, <clears throat> has been working on all along. He's wanted to dwell among us and be our God and we could be his people. So John says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Carol asked me the other day, he said, What about fish? And I really hadn't even paid attention to that particular part of that verse, but there's no more sea in heaven. That's okay. I like fish, but I can live without it. I don't think I'll be worrying about fish or anything else when I'm there. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there shall be no more death nor sorrow, nor crying, and there shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts, and he who overcomes He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. <clears throat> That's what God has been revealing from the very beginning. He wants to be our God. He wants to dwell among us. He wants to have this relationship with us. And this relationship, it was very costly for him to provide that. It cost the Father everything, and it cost Jesus everything to provide this relationship so that we can be his people, and he can be our God. So in the beginning, God revealed himself to individuals, but he wanted a people. He, he didn't just want a person. He wanted a people. And so he began to, to work through the patriarchs. And, uh, and then when it came down to Jacob, he said, I'm, I'm going to do something special with you. I'm going to fulfill the promise I've been making to Abraham and Isaac, your fathers. And now I'm going to make a people of you. And you're going to be a people like no other people on the planet. And he changed his name from Jacob to Israel. And he said, that's what you're going to be called. This people is going to be called Israel. And so all the things that happened, they, uh, they ended up, they, they went to Egypt during a, uh, during a famine. And things were great until a Pharaoh rose up that didn't know who Joseph was. And things began to turn over a period of, uh, roughly 400 years, they, uh, they became slaves. And so you pick up the story with Moses. Moses was raised in, in Egypt under Pharaoh, and then he, he fled because he, he killed a guy. And then out in the desert one day, he has this great sight. He sees this burning bush. And, and um, you know, it's a real simple deal, but I think there's, there's some real solid truth there saw the burning bush, and he said, I'm going to go check this out. And when it says, when God saw that he turned aside, he called to him out of the bush. And I'm just going to tell you that that's the way God works with all of us. You know, he, he shows the stuff. We see it. When he gets our attention, if we turn aside a little bit, then he begins to really call to us and say, you know, I want you. I want you. I'm calling you. 
And we've got a choice, you know, everything in life has a choice. You can choose good or bad or, you know, you can, you can choose to just not make a choice and that is a choice. You're saying no. So God called Moses and Moses turned aside and God began to speak to him and he, and he told him what he wanted to do and Moses said, okay, you know, I'll do it after arguing a little bit. And then, and then when he goes, all this crazy stuff happens and God begins to do these miracles and signs and Pharaoh eventually, you know, he, he lets him go. But it's, a, it's an ongoing process, you know, and that's the way it is with us in our relationship with the Lord. We, we get set free when we hear God calling and we see that he's wanting to deliver us and we say yes, we have this wonderful experience, you know, and we realize God wants us, you know, I'm valuable to God. That's a pretty amazing revelation when you realize that God actually wants you. I've often wondered why in the world would the king of the entire universe want to be inside of me but he does that's one of the beautiful mysteries of the kingdom is that God wants to live in us he wants to dwell in us and he's been working all these years trying to to fix this so that we can have that relationship with him and he will be our God and we can be his people and so Moses had this great conversation with God things weren't going exactly like he thought they would uh, it's by the way Anybody else experienced that? You know, that it doesn't always go exactly like you hoped that it would? No? Yeah. Um, you know, we, we believe that, uh, and unfortunately, sometimes in, in the presentation of the gospel, I think we, we present it like as if, if you just give your life to Jesus, man, everything's going to be so good. You know, there's not going to be any problems. Shoo, there's a bug flying around. Anyway, when... But the truth is, when you give your life to the Lord, things change, but that doesn't mean it's all going to be perfect. And when you read the scripture, that's what I like about the entirety of the Bible is that from the beginning to the end, it talks about all the different ones who said, I want to walk with the Lord. And it tells you all their great victories, and it also tells you about all the times that they stumbled and fell on their face. And some of them got back up and went on to great victories again, and some of them stayed on their face. The Bible is truth, and it's also history. And so we look at the Bible, and we see all this stuff, and it gives us hope that if those knuckleheads could do it, we probably can too. You know, I mean, we're no different than they are. A lot of times I hear people say, well, you know, man, if I was just back there when God was right there speaking to us in, in person, I wouldn't have reacted that way. Yeah, you probably would have. <laughs> because we're all people. And so uh, now we, we don't see God physically like some of them did, except, you know, occasionally God will reveal himself and someone will see a vision or see something. But, but we have the Holy Spirit with us all the time, residing in us. And we come together like this morning as we worship, the Lord shows up and he's here and he begins to, to, to talk to us. You know, he talks to us through people sometimes. He talks to us through the word. This, this morning we had several gifts of prophecy where God was actually speaking to us. And now I'm speaking to you about scripture, which is an opportunity for God to speak to you. And I think it's really cool because when, when I talk, you know, I'm saying these things and every one of you is hearing what you need to hear, hopefully. That's the way the Spirit works. You know, the anointing of the Spirit 
takes my words and each one of you begins to hear what God is saying to you personally. And, and it's funny because after the service, sometimes people will come and say, man, that was just what I needed to hear. What part of it? And they'll tell me. And then somebody else said, that was just what I needed to hear. What part? It was something totally different. And that's the way God works. He can do all that at once. And I have to confess, I, um, I've never really believed in multitasking, but I've been doing a little bit of research. And uh, lo and behold, there's a neurologist that says, you can do 47 things at one time in your brain. That's how well God made our brains. I can do one thing okay. <laughs> now, Tracy can do multitasking. She really can. And, uh, and she was telling me a funny story this week about the children in uh, Mother's Day Out. She said, the little girls, you know, you can say, go over here, pick this up, take it over here, take your shoes off, stack them up, tell them to take their shoes off, and they'll do it all. You tell a boy to do it, it's like, huh? <laughs> so, she, yeah, she starts giving me instructions. It's like, huh? That's why I say she really is pretty patient generally. I know I, I have tried her patience over the years because I don't, uh, I don't listen too good sometimes and I don't respond too good sometimes. And she hadn't, you know, she hadn't kicked me to the curb, so that's good. So, you know, the, but the thing is, God, God wants us to respond to him. And this whole thing about the multitasking, I've been thinking about it. You know, it's, this is kind of a horrible thing to admit, but, you know, here I'm the pastor, and I realize that I have trouble doing something physically with my hands and praying with my mind. And you women probably do that all the time, don't think anything about it. But I mean, that's like, I mean, I have to really make myself pray while I'm doing something. Because when I'm doing something with my hands, I'm looking at my hands and I'm thinking about my hands. <laughs> I don't know why. But that's just the way, I, that's the way I work, you know. And so I've been saying, Lord, you know, help me. Make me a multitasker. You know? And I'm not too old. Do you believe that? You believe it's okay to change even when you're 50, 60, 70, 80 years old? I believe God wants to change us, and God's not through with us. The only limitations on God working in us in those ways is the limitations that we put on him. If, if we don't say yes, then he's not going to come in there and force us. You know, he's not going to get us, you know, you know, make us do something. But, but we have to be willing. So Moses had this great conversation with God. And I, I wrote about it in the bulletin and that little Selah devotional. But God, you know, God had called him and given him this job to do. And he, he said, man, you know, I, I tried to do it. And all this bad stuff happened to your people. And so he said, I need, I need something. Man, I need you to show me something. Show me your glory. You know, I want to see you. I want to know you. I want to know your ways. Show me your glory. And God was so kind and, and amazing. He just, he said, okay, I'll do that. And he showed him, he showed him his glory. He, he caused him to, he said, yeah, I'm going to hide you in a rock. I'm going to pass before you. And you're going to actually get a glimpse of me. You're going to see me physically. And he said, I'm going to show you my glory. And you know what he said specifically? He said, I'm going to cause all of my goodness to pass before you. That's, 
That's what this is all about, folks. God wants us to see his goodness. And so many of us, I'm sorry, but you've got a bad concept of God. You know, if you had, if you had a mother or a father or some authority figure that was mean or cruel, maybe you tend to think that's the way God is because he's the biggest authority, right? If you think of authority as being mean and cruel and, and working against you, that's the way you respond to God. But if you see, if you see God as a good God, then you're not afraid to approach him. And evidently Moses saw that even before God showed him his goodness because he approached him, didn't he? The burning bush. God said, Moses. And he's, okay, here I am. He walked right over there, a burning bush. He could have just, you know, and he'd have been burned up too, but he walked right up there. Why is that? It's because he understood that God's a good God. And when we begin to understand that, then we won't be afraid we won't be afraid to do the things that God is calling us to do. We won't be afraid to believe what he says he will do. We'll trust him because we know that he's good. Man, you know, I, I love children and, and holding a baby in your arms. It's just, that's one of the most peaceful things. Just hold a baby. You know, and, and you think about that, holding that baby... And if it's your baby, you know, you're, you're thinking, man, am I going to make your life miserable when you grow up? You know, I'm just going to work. I'm going to make you unhappy. I'm going to make you miserable. I'm going to make you do all kinds of things you don't want to do. Oh, but I love you, you know. But, but, but you're going you're gonna to just almost hate me. You can't wait to get out of the house because I'm going to make your life so miserable. Is that what you do? No. So why would we think God would do that? God just, he just wants us to know who he is. He wants to reveal himself to us. He wants us to see his goodness. And when you see him that way, you realize that it's safe to be in his hands. And it doesn't matter if you know what's going to happen. It doesn't matter if you've got bad things in store or you don't know. You can believe that it's safe to be in God's hands. And that's what Moses figured out. And God revealed himself to him in a new way. He said, you know, all your, your forefathers, I revealed myself to them as, as El Shaddai, Almighty God. But he said, I'm going to let you see me and know me as Jehovah, Yahweh, the great I am, the self-existent God. You're going to see me and you're going to know that not only Am I self-existent? I've always been. I always will be. Everything is in my power and control. But I'm also really good. And I'm going to be good to you. And because I'm going to be good to you, then all of my power and all of my authority and all of my rule, I'm going to begin to cause to change your life. And you're going to begin to walk in all of my blessing and favor. Man, that's good. Think about that. You know, we're all focused on the, the challenges, and God is saying, how about you get focused on me because I'm good, and I've got all this good stuff for you. God wants to work good in us and through us and for us all the time. Now, yeah, you, if you mess up, there's consequences. When we mess up, there's always consequences. You know, if you run across the room and you trip and you fall on your face, you're probably going to have some skint knees or busted lip or something. That's just the way it is in life. God is a redeeming God. 
And he comes and he picks us up, just like we as parents do with our children. He picks us up and he brushes the dirt off and kisses the, our wounds and says, you know, it's okay. Go on back out there. Play again. Just watch where you're running. <laughs> you know, that's, we got to see God as a God who, who has our best interest in his heart all the time. Our best interest all the time. If you don't see that about God, then you might be an idolater. I'm just saying because that's not who God is. You know, if, if you don't see God as a good God and a loving God, you got something wrong about how you see God. Now, there's, like I said, there's consequences. If you choose to disobey, you know, things aren't going to go as well in your life. And if you never say yes, then you're going to find out some things are going to go really badly for you because there is a real heaven and a real hell. And if you don't ever accept Jesus, then you're, you're facing eternal separation from God. And that's, I mean, you, you cannot even imagine how horrible that would be. Not only are you going to be suffering physically, but knowing that you would never be able to be united with God, and knowing that it was your dumb choice and your rebellion that caused you to be in that state, you miss out on everything forever and ever and ever. What a horrible thing to contemplate. So we have the truth, and that doesn't mean we're better than anybody else. But we just, we have responded and God has given us life and we have an opportunity and an obligation to share that with people everywhere we go. So God is good. And he wants to, he wants to come and live with us. And all that he's been revealing to us all these years is that that's his plan. He wants to live in us and he wants us to be his people, and he wants to be our God. So worship team, y'all come back up. We've had, a, we've had a lot of stuff going on this morning. I am going to get through this message one of these days, but it's okay. I don't want to rush it because, uh, you know, I believe God is, uh, God is speaking to us and God is, uh, is, is uh, encouraging us, and that's okay. We don't have to be in a hurry. We're going to do communion, and like I said earlier, it's an opportunity for all of us to, to worship the Lord in this way. So uh, what we're going to do is uh, as, we, as we sing the first song, I'm just going to invite you to come. If you'll come around the outside aisles and take the stuff back to your chair, then we'll all partake together. Once you get your stuff, go back to the middle aisles, and that way we, have, we won't have a traffic jam. So Mitch, uh, you guys that are breached birth you know, and stuff, you're just giving you, giving you direction there. So... Uh, we have an opportunity, yeah. <laughs> oh? Oh? <clears throat> but it's an opportunity for us to, to consider what God is saying to us. And God wants us to know that he's made all these wonderful things available to us. He wants this relationship with us. And we think we, we want God, but our desire for God is nothing compared to his desire for us. And God is wanting us to understand that and know that. And so... Uh, as we worship, just think about the fact that God has chosen you. God has called you and said, would you, would you come? I mean, that's, that's pretty amazing to think that God has called us and that he never gave up on us when we were resistant and stubborn. He just kept pursuing us and he kept calling us and he kept being patient and merciful. And then eventually... 
His great grace enabled us to say yes. And if you've never, if you've never said yes, then uh, we're going to give you an opportunity to respond to the Lord in that way too. So as we worship, y'all come and, and uh, get the elements and take it back to your seats and we'll take it together. You said in your word that we ought to examine ourselves. And so, Lord, we're just going to say, 
shine your light into us. Expose everything in us that is, uh, it's not like you, Lord. We want to be like you. You invited us to be like you. You said, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. You said, set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. You said, come out from among them and be separated from them. You separate the light from the darkness, Lord. You have invited us to lay ourselves open before you, bare and naked before you so that you can examine us and you can speak into our lives. Lord, everything in me is not like you. Every area that might not be fully submitted to you, Lord, I just, I offer it to you. And I say, take control, Lord Jesus. Forgive me. Areas where I've been stubborn, areas where I've been uh, ignorant or rebellious, areas that I've been resistant. I don't want to be resistant. I want to be willing and obedient. So cleanse me, Lord God. Hallelujah. Lord, that night when you were fixing to, to make this beautiful new and living way, you shared with your disciples shared a meal and you said this bread it's me it's my flesh it's the living bread that came down from heaven and you broke it and you gave thanks over it and you said partake of this because this is my body so Lord this morning we receive your body we say Holy Spirit come and apply this in our lives in every area for life and sustenance, provision and care. In Jesus' name, break it and receive it. The same way, you took the cup and you said, this is my blood which is shed for you, the new covenant. This is the way, Lord Jesus, that you have made this new and living way through your blood that we can come right into the very presence of God say here I am and you don't reject us you don't push us away Father but you receive us because we are covered in the blood you bless that cup and you said drink it because this is my blood in the new covenant and that's what we do now Lord bless us and put uh, an anointing in this that would cause us to be changed healed, delivered, set free that we would know that there is no more guilt or shame in you. We've been forgiven. We've been redeemed. We've been set free. And we're not like we used to be. The old man is dead and gone. In Jesus' name, receive it now.
no fear, no death, no musical instrument is a worship. Amen? Amen. We got such wonderful, talented uh, musicians and singers. I just want to enjoy it. God, God moves on us in every way. So uh, before we dismiss, if you, if you don't know the Lord, this is a chance. You can come to the altar and I'll meet you and talk with you. We can pray together. If you have any other needs you want another prayer for, then that's fine. Come. People will meet you here and pray. And otherwise, May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance on you and grant you his perfect peace. And go in Jesus' name. Be blessed. There's snacks. Have a good time. Uh, man, come Wednesday. Come Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Jesus, say something. Hallelujah.